Back again with another episode of Seats Taken. Kind of rushing through this one. You won't believe what just happened just about uh, about three minutes ago. We were getting in deep with NASCAR. So, we're going to pick up where we left off. No, actually, we we were discussing Gen 7 car, talking about stuff. Um, had some little technical difficulties tonight, but... Um, we were talking about the car, where the number is on the car, how the car's uh, doing on short tracks, how it's doing on mile and a half, how it's doing on uh, the the super super speedway Daytona Talladega. Um, so we've gotten to that point. So now, Danny, you were saying. I forget. I think we need to backtrack a little here because yeah, I think just kind of yeah, we're we're go to and, and start back over where you're at because we're kinda, we, we were talking about the pros and cons of the car. Yeah, we're talking yeah. about the year to yeah. go with the year review. Talking about the Gen Seven car, the pros and cons. I said that as a whole, I like the car. I think the car looks great. I think it looks more like an actual production car than it has in the years past. Yeah, uh, I think road course racing it's it's really good on or the the. I think so. But, like yeah. you said, the mile and a half is kind of what it was created to, to, to do, and a lot of good racing was a mile and a half, but except for Texas. Texas was terrible. And uh, the short tracks were not as good as they should have been. Uh, super speedways are okay, but, I mean, I think it was kind of just running a train. Like, it wasn't anything spectacular. But, I mean, that's kind of how they race there anyway, just normally. Um. Then cons, I said there was the tire failures in the beginning of the season, but they kind of fixed that halfway through. Yeah. There was the the foam around the exhaust manifold that was catching fire and taking people out of the race. I think the horsepower package is too low. What is the horsepower package on? I think it's five five hundred, five fifty, and six fifty. It's pretty low, and, and that's part of the reason why the, the race is not good at the short tracks is they're not burning out the rear tires, you know, because, they, they like, imagine, you know, those old NASCAR, you know, little cars they had in the mid-2000s, you know, they're 900 horsepower, maybe more, who knows, and, you know, you step on the gas coming out of turn four in Martinsville, you're going to be spinning your tires, you're going to be burning them up, so you got to really have, like, a lot of skill to kind of feather the throttle coming out of the corners, and... It's kind of not as much the case anymore, and they're not burning out the tires as more, and and there's not as much passing on the short tracks. It's almost if the car is too technologically advanced. It's too good for the short tracks. You got like a, you got like an IMSA GT car. Yeah, essentially, you're just set up for one turn. Like it's going to be good, you know, and it's fine. It's going to go around the track fast, but it's not going to be entertaining. Yeah, and then I was saying. My other con, which is just a it's purely cosmetic, is the number slid forward. Yeah, I hate the number being slid forward. I think it looks terrible. I think NASCARs run the, and a lot of series do, the the number right on the door mm-hmm. where it's always been. Yeah, and I'm also a creature of habit, so I don't like when things change. Right, but Me I just either. I don't like the way it looks. 
And I think their their reasoning is, oh, so we can put more sponsors on the car. NASCAR's having an issue as is with sponsors. It's hard to get sponsors right now. So when you make more room for sponsors that aren't there, yeah, it's kind of blatantly obvious. Yeah. Well, this this kind of gets to another issue that's popped up and toward the latter half of the season, kind of behind the scenes, is the whole. There's been a huge fight almost behind the scenes that Dale Junior's kind of alluded to between the teams and NASCAR. Because it just doesn't make any sense anymore for these teams to race when there's like not big sponsorship anymore. Well, yeah, that's the whole TV revenue thing that's coming up. That they're yeah, the, I mean, the, the teams don't make any money unless they get sponsorship and like these big massive corporate sponsors they used to have like in the early two thousands. They're kind of like rare and rare. I mean, you, like you look at most of these cars and most of the companies on there, and they're not like household name companies anymore. No, and also back in the, the especially the '90s and 2000s, even before that. I mean, you think you think Dupont, you think Jeff Gordon, you think Interstate yeah. Batteries, you think Bobby Labonte. I mean, you got these these sponsors that are some, you know, GM Goodwrench, Dale Earnhardt. Mm-hmm. I see GM Goodwrench on anything now, and I mean that. I don't think GM Goodwrench is around anymore, but you see it on anything, and I immediately think Dale Earnhardt. Yeah. Well, that's, the, that's the other thing is like if if you pay attention to like all these teams that kind of announce their sponsorship deals, almost nobody has full season sponsors anymore. It's always like, oh, you know, this company's going to sponsor Brad Keselowski for five races. Uh, a deal's announced. This company's going to sponsor whatever driver for four races. You know, like, yeah. and then they have to kind of piecemeal it together just to fund their season. Well, meanwhile, like for live sports. TV revenue for live sports is kind of like higher than ever, and that's why like a little off topic, but like WWE is making a ton of money, even though people don't really watch it anymore. NFL is making more money than ever. Like live sports make a ton of money from TV, and so the the teams are kind of having to they're trying to finagle their way into that. Well, last I heard was last season that NASCAR and the teams were extremely far off on the new revenue deal, and. There's rumors, which I don't see coming to fruition, but a lot of rumors about a NASCAR split, like an old indie-style split, of just going their own way and kind of doing their own thing, a new, a new governing body. Um, especially with like the rise of SRX, you know, it kind of shows that it can be done another way. I don't think it will, but there's options out there, you know what I mean? There's, there's other ways to go about it. Yeah, that, the only hard part about that is what, what is the company that NASCAR owns? It's not NASCAR. It's like Speedway Motorsports. or Yeah, that owns all the tracks. and They own like half the tracks, and then like the other half are owned by like Bruton Smith's company. Yeah. And then there's like, a, there's like three or four independent tracks. So the problem is all the big oval tracks in America are owned by two companies, and the other company that isn't NASCAR, you know, they're not going to just stab NASCAR in the back either. I think it's just kind of a threat, you know. Oh, it's definitely a threat. Like I said, I don't see it happening. I think there's too many barriers and roadblocks to that happening. But I think it's a a bargaining tool that they're going to try to use. Because like you said, without having the main ship, main, can't speak, main ship sponsors anymore. I mean, they got to do something for revenue. I mean, I remember last season, Mahindra signed on with Chase Briscoe for, I think, like 80% of his races, and they were, the whole NASCAR media was like, that's fantastic, that's great, somebody's willing to step up and and sponsor him. Like, back in the day, that would have been, you know, unheard of, to have somebody not sponsor him for 
I remember back in the day, if somebody ran, like Tony Stewart, he was sponsored by Home Depot forever, and he would occasionally run like a subway car. And it was like, wow, that's crazy. That's different. You know, mm-hmm. like, because you always saw him running the same car. Yeah. You know, and they'd, they'd have a one-off, you know, here and there for a few races. Mm-hmm. Now it's the guys running 17 schemes yeah. of different sponsors, you know. and well, that's funny. I, I was just looking at something. It's uh, jski.com. It kind of goes over. It's like you were talking about uh, Mahindro for um, uh, Briscoe. Briscoe. Um, it says 2023 question mark high point rush truck centers, which Tony Stewart owns rush truck centers. Oh, he owns them. Yes. Oh, does he? Oh, okay. I didn't know that. Hmm. So they're, they're definitely going to be a sponsor. I think Mahindra is signed on again. I mean, they just, Mahindra made a real big push last season because they sponsored him in NASCAR. They sponsored, he had a, he did a dirt car tour Oh, okay. where he's running sprints and he was running, uh, like, a. Not limited modifieds. Uh, the bigger ones. I can't think of the name of them right now. And then he he ran the Chili Bowl, and they sponsored him in the Chili Bowl as well. Oh, okay. So, I mean, and High Point's been with him since his Xfinity days. So, I mean, it's probably it. But, I mean, I don't know. Even, even, okay, so for instance, Kyle Busch, right? He's been sponsored by Eminem for forever. Yeah. Eminem's pulling their sponsorship, and he's going to... Uh, RCR. RCR now because Joe Gibbs couldn't find sponsorship for him. Yeah, and Mars, uh, M&M's company, that was one of the last like really big corporate sponsors that just said we're going to sponsor a whole season, you know. That was kind of an old school deal to have them and, you know, they pulled out and I don't think Gibbs couldn't find something for Bush. I think that was an excuse to like kind of push him away, but even you see him now at RCR and, and you know, what they're doing is like what everyone else is doing, they're piecemealing sponsorships for three, four races here and there, and he'll have you know twenty different schemes this year. Well, and part of that, part of that also with the the sponsorships being scarce is that when they do come in, they have so much sway to like tell you who's going to be the driver. Like you look at the the uh, the Smithfield thing with with uh, Stuart Haas. Yeah, Amarola. He wanted to retire, right. and Smithfield was like, "Nah, we don't think so." Yeah, it's like we're only going to stay on if if uh, Amarola is the driver. So like, basically, I think Stuart Haas had to like beg him to stay on so they could keep that. Yeah, and he's not even not even a great. I mean, he's not a bad driver. Don't get me wrong, but he's not a great driver by any means. He, he hadn't won nothing or done nothing of significance to make him go. Oh yeah, we really want to keep this guy. Yeah, it's just it's just crazy that like. Guys like that will just have these long careers because of their sponsorship connections. And it's just kind of because the teams don't, they're not like in a position of strength to negotiate against these companies where, like, oh, well, you know, you can't tell us who our driver is because we got three other companies who want to sponsor us. You know, they can't say that anymore. Yeah. Yeah, that's interesting how they do that now, though. I mean, you know, used to, like y'all were talking about with a good wrench car, I mean, that was his car. He rode, drove that car all the way to the end you know and now it's they it used to it was if somebody was different it was for a special occasion it wasn't for you know for three or four races and then you race this scheme for four or five races you know it was so i mean kind of getting back to our original topic because i think we kind of strayed the gen 7 car as a whole you think good or bad i think it's got it's good 
I think the bad was the the rear of the car. They were saying that was what was giving people concussions. Yeah, you know, in rear uh, crash situations, but um, I don't know if they've corrected that or not. Hopefully so. They said the crumple zone on it wasn't like it was on the uh, the previous car, the Gen Six car. But um, yeah, I mean, it. Hopefully, they made it a little safer. And I thought when they were doing with the uh, the muffler situation, I thought that was something. And now I remember because you mentioned it as well that they were doing it for the uh, Chicago and uh, the Clash. Yeah. But um, was the muffler situation in the dual exhaust? Was that to give them more power? No, it's because at the so at the Clash, it's going to be in the LA Coliseum again, like it was last year. And then they're doing a street race in Chicago, so it's going to be through downtown Chicago. So there's a certain decibel level that they don't want to go over. So they're putting a muffler on to try to bring the sound down. Which from what I, I saw heard... some videos of it, and it, it doesn't sound bad. It's, it still sounds loud. Yeah, so what I, from what I've seen from... Uh, I can't think of his name and stuff, but some journalist. Power? Does that cut the power of the vehicle, though? Does it slow it down? Any? Not that I know of. Because from what I... Also what I heard is it sound-wise, it hasn't made a huge difference. I think it's supposed to be something like a baffle, like you would have in a car, like a street car, like the GT 350 or in the Mustang, the Cobra. They would uh, they have different settings for your exhaust sounds. Yeah. So I'm wondering if that's kind of what they did with the car. And I mean, because if they put a muffler on it, that's going to put some sort of flow restriction on it. I mean, a baffle they can redirect the the air and not. Uh, yeah, I don't know exactly what all the science is to it. I just know that supposedly, like I said, they, they don't want to be too loud. And like I said before, we got unrecorded or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, they said that if they ever do decide to go back to National Fairgrounds, they want to do it there as well because that's like we're at in the yeah. city center. Yeah. Uh, and that's also National Fairgrounds. That's been a big prohibitor mm-hmm. from getting that back on the NASCAR schedule is because like the residents of Nashville – don't want it right they say it's too loud it's it's but i don't know there's there's been a lot of roadblocks for that but i'd like to see it come back i think it's a cool track yeah i like i like and me personally i like the old school throwback tracks that's why i'm so glad that north wilkesboro is coming back this season yeah Yeah. like i'm super excited about that race and that's the all-star race yeah the all-star race which i mean it makes me interested to watch the all-star race yeah because the past few seasons I've got no care about the all-star race. There's no, not points paying. It's not, I mean, and then it used to be kind of entertaining because they had stage racing back in the day. Yeah. Before stage racing was like a every week thing. Yeah. But then once they instituted it being every week, it also kind of took that special thing away. Yeah. Which also we started on stage racing, but it sucks for Texas though because Texas was struggling so bad that they gave the All Star race to Texas Motor Speedway just to get it going, and then yeah, they now that's there. gone. <laughs> but my thing is, and uh, if you listen to Dale Junior podcast, he had Burton Bruton Smith on there, mm. and he was talking about Texas Motor Speedway, and they want to do some different things to it, but. When that first report came out, I thought, okay, cool. We'll do like they're going to do with Fontana. Just completely do something different. And he was saying, no, that's not what's going to happen. Basically, what we can do is we can repave it and we can, you know, maybe put a different angle on it. 
and that's it. Well, you that's know, as far you as know what? Texas used, to, Texas used to be one of the good ones, like, a long time ago. As far as mile-and-a-half tracks, like, that was considered, like, a good track that was entertaining Personally, a long time ago. And then what happened is they, they flattened one and two, and it kind of ruined everything. Yeah, and everybody will tell uh, you, too, that's, like, the most difficult corner in NASCAR is turn two at Texas. And I don't know what it yeah, is about it. It's just... Quick. It's just the way it's angled and the way it's it's uh, I can't profiled. That's the word I'm looking for. Yeah. It just something about it is wrong. Yeah. It's, it's it's just weirdly flat. Like if you drive it in the video game, you know, it's just like like when you drive all the other mile and a half, like Vegas and in uh, Charlotte and you know whatever, they're all they have like kind of similar banking and it turns one, two, three, four. But Texas, like, they decided to go, we're going to do flat on, like, one and two to make it, like, a little more challenging, which it is more challenging. And so, like, I kind of like that, just that it challenges the drivers. But it's, yeah, it's just, I don't know. For whatever reason, it makes the races not so exciting. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. My personal opinion is NASCAR needs to get back to kind of the traditional routes, get more short track racing, like like North Wilkesboro and Rockingham and, you know, the older tracks because those big cookie cutter tracks that they made in the nineties when NASCAR really exploded, your Texas, your Charlotte, your Las Vegas, the Chicago land, Kansas, they're all the same exact track. And it gets, it's, it's repetitive, mm-hmm. you know, and it's yeah. good. No, that's my personal opinion. No, that's a, that's a good opinion to have. I, I would agree with that. That's what they are though. Personal opinions. Well, I know. Some I know. fans don't like the short track. Who? Well, you know, my problem Who is doesn't is, like short track racing? Me. You hate short track. You like? <laughs> uh, you're right. You, I'm you, not the only one. You hate. You I hate like close it, contact, like like bumper to bumper, door to door racing. Can't stand it. I love to see people drive for 500 miles, well, one behind the other. Is that no pass. Look at a Waterburger line for three hours at Bristol. <laughs> There's a good reason they don't go back to all those old tracks. It's because they're all in Virginia and North Carolina. In Tennessee, and, and you know what I mean. Like they're all over there. No, I and I agree with that. Like you, the one like, thing that we have like a shortage of those types of tracks. If you want those types of tracks, you got to build them out west or in the Midwest. You know, like whatever markets you want to go to. But you can't have like you can't have like a third of the schedule all like within an hour and a half drive of each other. And that's kind of how NASCAR used to be. I'm fine with having tracks like okay, so you know, Texmore Speedway, Chicago, wherever you want to put a track. Let's make them different. Let's do something yeah. different with them. But like they, they the, moved out because they, they they had fans across the country, and you know you couldn't just have the same fans going to all the races that were are like so close to each other. You know. Also, but then, yeah, but then they built them all like like you said, cookie cutters. I think also you need to get rid of some of these tracks too, like New Hampshire and Chicago and places like that. That NASCAR is not big there. It was or was growing, you know, at the time. But NASCAR now, you think people in Chicago really care about NASCAR? I mean, honestly, our New Hampshire. They already, they already had a track before the street course. Well, I, know, I mean, the road course is cool because it's a gimmick, right? And I'm very excited to see it. But, like, and, and people will travel. But, I mean, the people of Chicago themselves don't care. You know what I mean? I think there's probably enough rednecks in uh, outside of the city in Indiana, Illinois. Uh, you know what I mean? Well, is it going to cost them? I mean, it's, they're not going to necessarily lose money if they do kind of like what the 
uh, you know, do the like street circuit type racing. You no, know because I mean? it's well, kind of the F one model. Say yeah, I mean they go to Dallas and say hey we're going to shut down Dallas for the weekend and qualify and all that kind of stuff. I mean yeah, I was watching lose any money. I was watching the twenty four hours of Daytona today, mm-hmm. <laughs> and they had I don't know exactly what his position was, but he had something to do with NASCAR, and. He was on there for like 20, 30 minutes talking about the upcoming NASCAR season. Mm-hmm. And he started talking about the Chicago street race. And he said, "It's we're going to roll in there, throw up some safer barriers, and race. Yeah. And I think an F1 has gone to that. Mm-hmm. The uh, Jetta, I mean, uh, Monaco is essentially that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Azerbaijan. You know, and I think NASCAR may start adopting it more. And I think F1 is already to the point where they're, doing it too much because i hope nascar doesn't do this because these cars are the worst for street courses that's like the worst car in all of racing to do a street course on but it's, a NASCAR stock car. <laughs> it's it's cheaper yeah you're in you're out you know and it, it's right now especially for nascar it's a gimmick mm-hmm. it's gonna get people to watch it's gonna get people to show up we get me to watch yeah like i'm and here's the thing. I know, Dan, you're saying it's terrible, but I'm extremely excited to watch the Chicago street race this year. Yeah, Just I am because too. it's never been done. Yeah, I am too. Now, it may be terrible, and next season, I'll be like, well, we hope they don't do that again. Yeah. Well, I have no idea, but for right now, I'm yeah. super interested to watch. Yeah. And it being Chicago, somebody might get shot. <laughs> yeah, might, might have a... a stray projectile hit somebody. <laughs> yeah. I don't think it's going to be all that, honestly. You'd be forced to think that, even with Monaco, that F1's just rolling up there and they're using these streets as is. I guarantee you these cities that F1 races in, these street courses, they're getting some kind of oh uh, yeah. money to maintain these streets to peak. I mean, I guarantee you these you streets don't have a even they, anything close to a pothole on them. No, maybe, no, maybe no, no. year-round? I mean, yeah, they, I they guarantee maintain you year-round year they're maintaining these I streets. I don't yeah. know about year-round. If they're going to repave them, they'll do it. I, it's not that big a deal. Here's my thing. I wish I they'd yeah. come to Saxe because I know it's lots of <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about year-round. Yeah, like, wherever we need infrastructure, let's get a race here. And we'll, <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> Pave wherever you want, man. I don't care. But I, I guarantee F1 has some fund, and they go with Monaco, for instance. Before the race, a month before the race, a week before the race, whenever, here, here's thirty million dollars. Yeah, and with F and NASCAR, I don't think has that much money, but F one definitely does, and they'll do something stupid like that. Mm-hmm. Here you go, repave all the streets, repaint all the lines, make sure all the curbs are up to. I mean, just make sure the grass is exactly two centimeters tall, or you know what I mean, like sure. yeah. to the pristine, because the FIA with F one has a rating mm-hmm. for all tracks worldwide. And for it to be an F one track, you have to have like a five star rating before they even before come they there. even come there. Yeah, I and think I remember you talking about that last time we had it. Uh, we talked F one. I think you remember. I remember so you I mean, about that. I guarantee the Chicago Street Course will be up to par. Yeah, because I remember. I don't remember it because I wasn't alive, but I've watched enough stuff about it. And mm-hmm. as big as F one nerd as I am, the eighties Dallas Grand Prix. Yeah, that was F one. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know what they did, but I don't think they repaved it or anything. So they had big patches of concrete that were pulling up. Yeah. And they had to stop the race and, like, hot patch it. And, like, you you don't want that. Especially on TV. Especially when you're trying to rebuild NASCAR's growth. Right. You want everything to be seamless. Yeah. Which, I mean, 
to be fair, the clash last year, for that to be a football field and then build a racetrack inside, it's pretty impressive. There was no problems. No, no, no concrete pulling up. No anything. It Nothing. was flawless. Nothing. That was like another one of those. You're in the Waterburger line, like Bristol. I mean, it's just nut to butt the whole race. It's where you start. In I mean, the heat the, races. The heat races were very entertaining. I regardless thought, because there's like six cars and there's enough room to, to run. But when you had the full field. It was a lot of just nut to butt. There was no room to pass. But oh, that's the new cars. The old cars used to have great racing on short tracks. Well, also too, and I thought it was very. I liked it. I thought it was entertaining. I thought yet again, it's a gimmick. I mean, it's a short little quarter mile racetrack. Not a lot of room to run. So you had to get in there if you wanted to make a move. You had to move somebody. And I like that kind of racing. I like you know it gets aggressive. It, it's you know, I think you got to. It's a bump and run. Yeah, you got to move somebody, and a lot of tracks now, people don't do that. You know, unless you're Bubba Wallace and you want to put somebody on the wall on purpose. But I don't know. I mean, I know different people like different type of racing. I grew up watching dirt track racing, going out to Devil's Bowl every weekend, which is a big dirt track, but it's a it's short track, you know. So that's the kind of racing I grew up on. That's what I like to watch. Yeah. So watching. Daytona and Talladega, I know that's NASCAR's like bread and butter. That's the the cream of the crop, the what everybody, you know. But I don't like it. I don't like watching that kind of racing very often. Yeah. I mean, I will because of what it is. Yeah. But like, y'all are talking about wanting to go to Talladega. Talladega doesn't excite me yeah. at all. Yeah. Man, those races used to be good. Like, if you watch, watch one of those races from like 2000 to 2005 or whatever. Like there was a lot more moving around. They weren't nuts about like that. They like, they would get runs and then they die out. Like there was all kinds of moving around, and I, I think the cars were maybe a little faster and they actually had to lift a little bit in the corner. So I've seen some videos where they were actually lifting back then. Yeah, and it didn't used to be like this where like the the restrictor play racing was just was we're all going to run in a line until twenty to go. Like it used to be, it used to be a little different. I think part of that's whatever the aero package is, and I think this aero package is, like I said, it's so dialed in, it's so good. I Kevin Harvick said it, and I agree with him. I want to see a thousand horsepower. I, Absolutely, this is this is the top stock car racing series in the world. There should it should be the highest horsepower. <clears throat> I think there's there's some tracks where the Xfinity series is faster than the Cup cars. Think about that. It's crazy. Like. I, I, we play iRacing, and we play, you know, you drive the 2014 NASCARs or the 2005 NASCARs, mm-hmm. and it's, I mean, it's hard to drive. You know, you're especially in your pack racing, it's any second you feel like you're going to lose it. But then you race the Maybe. new gen car on there, and it's, I mean, relatively right. relatively pretty easy yeah. to drive. And, like, I mean, I think the car should be good, and it should be the top of what you can, but also, like, you're a professional NASCAR driver or a professional race car driver, period. Yeah. There needs to be some kind of skill, sure. some kind of challenge. Yeah. Because right That's now, cars, I think yeah. the car is too good, like I said, to where, I mean, essentially, I mean, I think you have to be skilled, but you don't even you don't have to be that great of a driver and get in and go win. Yeah. yeah. Whereas back in the day, like you had to compete, you know, you had to be somebody, do yeah. something. Yeah. At, at the intermediate tracks, like let's say Charlotte, you can literally do a qualifying lap 
full throttle, 100% around the whole track. Yeah. That's crazy. That makes no sense. That's not driving. You know what I mean? That's, in the that's new not car. race car driving. A, it kind of yeah. takes in the new car. Yeah. It takes and, it out and, of the. And, and like, yeah, like 15 years ago when they had like 900 horsepower and the cars weren't handling as well as they do now, like they'd go into the corner super fast and they have to lift and they'd even brake. Now there's no brake at those tracks. All they do, they might lift a little bit once the tires get worn or they're trying to save stuff, but like you can hold it wide open through these turns, which yeah. kind of takes the skill out of it. Yeah, and that and. One thing I meant to talk about the new car is, especially now, you can't do you can't modify in any way. Everything is is third party bought or are made by NASCAR, mm-hmm. except for the engine. So all your components are the same as everybody else's components, which essentially you're running. Uh, what do you call it, Danny? Like IndyCar, where it's a uh, everybody's it's a, a spec car. A spec car, mm. and I don't like that because I think. What makes F1 interesting, what's always made NASCAR interesting, is if you have somebody like Ray Evernham, right, with Jeff Gordon in the 90s. Yeah. Which I know, especially in NASCAR, especially in F1, there's always cheating. There's Mm. always bending the rules. But I think if you can find something that somebody else doesn't, and you can manipulate that, and you know how to get around something or or bend the rules enough, and you figure out how to get, ah, we're a second faster. Yeah, I think that should be rewarded. Yeah, I think that is ingenuity. That's that's brains. That's competition. Right. But now, if everything is exactly the same, where where is that competition? Where is that room for ingenuity? You're, it's taking the, the car building out of it. Right. Yeah. Exactly. And I, I don't so like they're that. Still, they're, they're, they're still set up like you can. Yeah, you, know, you have setup differences. Well, yeah. You know, you, you, there's stuff you can change on there. There's there's certain tolerances on things so you can set up things differently so that's kind of where the engineering is but as far as like actually car building and design yeah there's none of that anymore it's all the same and that's why they get so frustrated when the cars blow up or there's like a big problem because it's like well we didn't build this (laughs) you know yeah it's our fault We, we bought this from whoever nascar told us to buy it from and it's breaking like I can see why you'd be pissed off from that because they used to build them from scratch. Like, right? If you're a Hendrick, you like some of the big teams would build chassis like Hendrick, and some of the smaller teams, and maybe they'd buy chassis from like the bigger teams. But like they were built by the team; they didn't buy them from suppliers other than parts no. and materials. You know, and also that's also hurting your. I mean, I know. I mean, Hendrick doesn't need help, or Penske doesn't need help. But I remember when Stuart Haas first started when he was running Chevy before he switched to Ford. He was buying his chassis and his engines from Hendrick. And that's a source of income for Hendrick. Like I said, I don't think Hendrick needs help. But I'm saying that is a source of income that's now being taken away. Yeah. You know, and I don't know. I it's it, And I know this is a weird comparison that maybe is way off the wall. But I remember UFC before when fighters would wear their whatever trunks they wanted to. Mm-hmm. And they could be sponsored by whoever, whoever. Yeah, but then UFC went to the all. Everybody has to wear Reebok, and everybody there's no sponsors. Yeah, well, you're, then you're taking away revenue from the fighters. That's sure. one less way they can make money. Yeah, and I I don't think that's cool. I don't think that's fair that you're you're a governing body that's making money hand over fist, but you can't make money anymore. You right. can't. You know, I don't know. That's just my personal kind of sounds like NASCAR. Huh? Well, you know, <laughs> yeah. 
it goes back to the money issue we were talking about with the, the revenue sharing because part of this is the teams want more revenue because they're not making any money. So NASCAR comes back and gives them this car and says, hey, look, we just cut your costs, you know, by whatever. Now you guys should be good. And, that, and you know, so it's kind of like NASCAR's way of, like, cutting costs for the teams forcibly without, like, uh, giving them more revenue, you know. And I, I will say on the, the flip side of the coin – the the revenue cost cutting and all that and the and the sharing of the not sharing the parts but everybody using the same parts is trying to help the little teams and I think it's really like Trackhouse has majorly benefited from it because before this season what would you have said about Trackhouse oh they're a team you know they're owned by Pitbull yeah and Justin Marks and then they exploded this season mm-hmm. and I mean Ross Chastain was a championship contender yeah. A, a legit shot at championship. I I legitimately thought he has a real did, chance. He was I final four. I did too. You know, it wasn't like somebody that sneak squeaked in and you said, "Oh, they're you know they got no shot at it." Mm-hmm. And I assume this next this coming season, I they'll probably be better. I assume they'll take a, probably a good handful of race wins. Wouldn't surprise me. So check this out. Going back, talking about how exciting Bristol is. Yeah, These are the stats quick. from the last... I don't know which race this was last season, but okay. check this out. Real, hang on, real quick. Put some reference because that other part didn't get recorded. We're talking about... I went to Bristol personally, as and I, we're saying that that's one of my bucket no, lists. No, we've already been talking about... We were talking about this earlier, how you like short tracks. Yeah, yeah. So, th- there were six lead changes among five drivers. I was there. TMS last season. 36 lead changes among 19 drivers. Yeah, it helped the mile and a half tracks a lot. And then also average speed for average speed, 34 miles an hour. Well, average speed for TMS, 114. Okay, but it's a way different track. How, I mean, how, what's more exciting? Would you go out there to watch 10 drivers finish on the lead lap? Okay, but did you you went to TMS last year? We both did, right? Would you say that was a, a an interesting race, the best one of the best races you've ever been to? If me there and my, hadn't been me and the my rain dad, delays, me and my dad left during the second stage. You don't stay long for anything, anyways. We I we stayed for all of Bristol. That's the first race. Yeah, because you drove. 12 hours out to Tennessee to go see the race. I would imagine first, you wouldn't leave the, the two first, hours in. First ever time I've been to Texas Motor Speedway and left early. I've stayed through five, six hour rain delays for to watch the whole race. So let's get the whole, encompass the whole thing. You had just went to Bristol the week prior. The week before, yes. So had you not done that, you planned this whole trip around TMS, you would have stayed the whole race. You left because you were at Bristol the week prior. You were tired. You didn't leave because, oh, forget this. You left in the middle of the race going on. It was a terrible race. I do give you that I was in Bristol the week before, which was also a terrible race. Although Chris Busher won, which, being a local Texas boy, I did thought that was cool. I'm saying, when it comes to short track racing, it's... It's, I mean, five drivers, ten drivers at most on the lead lap. I don't see the excitement in that. Because you get a great start, and you have a half ass decent car that didn't get beaten, banged on through the whole race. 
you're bound to finish top ten. But it's the, guaranteed. But the, the draw is the beating and the banging. At what? 50 miles an hour? No. Okay, you think of some of the most interesting finishes in NASCAR history. You remember when Dale Earnhardt spun out Terry Labonte at Bristol? And he said, I just rattles his cage a little bit. I didn't mean to spin him. I remember that. Do you I was remember, mad. Do you remember Kurt Busch when he won and when he was driving the Sharpie car? I don't even remember who he was racing against. Ricky Craven, I think. And they went nose to nose. And it's the closest finish in NASCAR history. Hmm. Well, what was, okay. that, what was guys... that finish in top speed, like 33 miles an hour? Okay, you're coming <laughs> on. It's a very short run. You but it's, I mean, it I'm looking for excitement here. Oh, yeah, and, guys, and I think that's you know, way the exciting. The mile and a half used to be on the old cars before sta- – I hate stage racing, but before stage racing on the old cars, the mile and a half, the leader would be ahead by 15 seconds. There would be 10 cars on the lead lap because they've had a huge green flag run. And then, and then the race would end up being a fuel mileage competition. I'm gonna be honest, though, I didn't really see that this season. Let's talk about. I didn't see that many. Let's talk about. Let's talk about Bill Elliott made the at Talladega. Bill Elliott at Talladega went two laps down and won the race. What does that say? Is that not exciting? It was exciting for for Bill Elliott, not for the rest of the field. That means the rest of the field was driving like crap. That was pre-restrictor plate. Pre, yeah, that was pre-restrictor right plate in the Ford Thunderbird, the world's fastest race car. Yeah. I don't know where you're going with that. I mean, that's. I mean, you're, you just made a case for no, I'm saying the bigger though, track. I mean, he that's was pretty exci- badass. He was exciting for himself, for Bill Elliott. Yes, that's awesome, especially if you're a Bill Elliott fan. But if you're somebody else, if you like somebody else watching that race, watching your favorite driver get passed twice because some other car is way faster, that your car is not even competitive, on a huge track like Talladega, that's extremely hey, boring. That'd be pretty badass to watch. Well, Wouldn't two, you love to see that, that live? Two. I would, because I'm a huge Bill Elliott fan. Well, that, well, I mean, as a NASCAR fan, you mean you would have never guessed, and all of a sudden you're watching this race, and here Bill Elliott is, two laps down and comes back and wins it? Let's put it in modern perspective. Uh, Kyle Busch, B- Bubba Wallace, is two laps down and comes back and wins? I'd be pissed. Well, that's just because you hate Bubba Wallace. Well, now, has that happened in a while? Has anybody come from, like, two laps down and won anything here I don't, uh, I don't in the past three, close, four years? But I don't think anyone's pulled it off. I don't think so. They, they can get their laps back from cautions, but, like, no one's, like, overtaking the field anymore. That used to happen. People used to overtake the field and get laps back if they were so fast. Yeah. I mean, they'd stay out when everybody was pitting to get tires or yeah. fuel or whatever. And then, yeah. Hmm. I mean... I don't know, but as far as last season, I think it was it was ups and downs. Uh, I mean, I think there was really high points. I think, but I think there was low points too. Some extremely boring races, but I mean, as they got to dial the car in, it, it is what it is. It's the first season driving the new car. Um, as far as uh, driver changes, the biggest one I can think of coming into the season is Kyle Busch, and. I want to ask you, does that make you a Kyle Busch fan now that he's gone to RCR? No, I don't have a problem with him. I've never liked him, and I still don't like him. I've never, I mean, I could take or leave him. I mean, I'm interested in him, but, I mean, it's I'm not a big Joe Gibbs. I can tell you this much. Danny already has a Kyle Busch fan. t-shirt on the way. Uh, he might have a Kyle <laughs> Busch poster on his wall already. Do you, Danny? Do you have I think Kyle Busch might be my guy going forward. You know, my, my, my <laughs> he turned. Turn on Kyle Larson. 
uh, yeah, I like that he was a heel. Uh, I hated that he drove for Toyota and, and the Redskins guy, Joe Gibbs. So that was kind of my issue the commanders with now? It was the Redskins when Coach Gibbs was there, okay? So I'm going <laughs> to keep rolling with it. Yeah, so uh, I don't know. I like, I like Richard Childress. I wish they would get good again. And, you know, it seems kind of now with these new cars, because they're so equal, you know, Richard Childress was kind of a step below the other teams. But now the cars are relatively equal, so it kind of turns to if you have a great driver, you can do really well. So I think Kyle Busch might might do really well for Richard Childress. I think he will too, but do you think he really was having that much trouble over at Joe Gibbs Racing last year that he was having so much issues with the car? I mean, I mean it was, was terrible just, at the end of the season. Was he sandbagging some too, you think? I think part of it is disinterested, and there was bad blood, obviously, between him and the team. He was mad that they were – they were obviously sandbagging, finding him sponsorship. Like they did not want him back. They wanted they wanted Ty Gibbs in that car, and that's who they announced, right? Yeah, they did announce that. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, that's what they wanted, and I think Cobbush knew that, and it was just really weird. And they were going through this whole song and dance of, oh, well, we can't find sponsorship, and then but but Richard Childress somehow can. Okay, whatever. Well, if you think, I mean, really though, if you look at Kyle Busch's sponsors for this upcoming season, it's just the same ones that Tyler Reddick had. There's no real new ones. It's 3G, it's Cheddar's. It's, yeah. I mean, it's what he already had signed. It's not like some big company stepped in and said, oh, we'll sponsor Kyle Busch. What about MGM? Think, MGM have, was already yeah, there. Was already there. Okay. Well, you know, part of it is also they're going to pay Ty Gibbs, you know, a couple hundred grand, and I think Kyle Busch probably made like $15 million. <laughs> Yeah, but and you know so that's that, that's also a big part of it. And also, I mean, they don't have to pay him anything. He's he's going to own the team in thirty years. Yeah, well, and then as far as driver changes, yet again, I guess Jimmy is going to Petty, which is now Legacy Motor Club. And then Legacy they, Motor they Club. They got they got Noah. I like Noah. I, I do like Noah a lot. Gregson, Gregson, yeah, Gregson, Gregson. I think that team would be good. I guarantee Jimmy Johnson races full time. Well, he did announce the day that he got full-time approval, but he hasn't said that he will race full-time. Yeah. Is he he trying to go back to be a NASCAR driver? Because, like, he wasn't good when he left. No, he kind of (laughs) fell off. I don't think he fell off. I think Hendrick just stopped caring about him. It's like, all right, like. It was time to retire, man. It was, like, time to go. I think it was just a Hendrick thing. His IndyCar run was poor, to say the best. And then, yeah, he looked okay on ovals, but other than that. And then it yeah. was just announced that today that him and Jensen Button, and then I don't know the other guy, they're going to race the the Hendrick entered Lamar NASCAR. Yeah. Cool. Regardless of the fact, Harvick's winning it all this year. It is his last season. You know, Harvick is retiring. Which brings up, who do you think is going to fill Harvick's seat? Because apparently there's a rumor that uh, Chastain is being eyeballed to fill that seat. Uh, I don't know about that. I'm sure they'd love that, and then Trackhouse is going to want to keep them, and, you know, that'll be a negotiation. I guarantee or, or, you with Truex kind of not really signing anything big right now, I guarantee you Truex might slip on in there. I'd love to see Truex slip in that spot, to be honest. Who, who's the guy? Stuart Haas hired a young guy to be, like, the reserve driver that Stuart uh, really liked. No, no, no. So, okay, so they last year they signed Ryan Priest. Yeah, to be the reserve yeah. driver, but 
So this season it was a big fight between uh, Haas and Stewart about who was – because Stewart wanted to take Cole Custer out of the 41 and put Priest in. Haas didn't. So there's a big fight between them. And as as, uh, it came down official that Ryan Priest is going to be in the 41 this year, and they're moving Cole Custer back to uh, Xfinity. Okay. Well, there you go. Well, you know what the whole Cole Custer deal is. We talked about it before. His dad's a president at Haas. Yeah, so he it's it's, it's a yeah, it's a total nepotism thing, and, he, and the guy sucks. Yeah. Well, I'm glad they got him out. I didn't, I didn't even know they got him out, but. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I mean, as far as Stuart Haas goes, like, there's been this big rumor that they're going to go with Dodge, which Dodge hasn't even announced that they're coming back to NASCAR. But I think they just re-signed Chase Briscoe to a multi-year deal, and he's a Ford driver. So as far as I know, they're still going to be with Ford for the foreseeable future. So, I mean, as far I mean, I know you don't agree with it, Danny, but as, as far as the money says, Haley Deegan should at least come up to fill, it, I would say, an Xfinity spot for SHR. Yeah, didn't she... Uh... She was going to race for somebody in Xfinity, but then she ended up getting a, like a full time ride in trucks, didn't she? Like a different one than she had. Yeah, because uh, like one of the one of the actually good truck teams. Yeah, DGR, which is David Gillen, who she's been racing with, they redid their they alliance or whatever, so they switched to Toyota. It's not even David Gillen Racing anymore; it's some other name. Uh, right. So she got on with Thor Motorsports, which had was Ford back in the day with Matt Craft and him. They won all their championships. And then they switched. Been to, really good. Yeah, they yeah, switched to Toyota, and they haven't been that great. And now they're going back to Ford, and she signed on with them full time. Well, this year will tell us a lot. Yeah, because if she if she doesn't do much with with them in the truck series, then you know it is what it is. But at least you know she's given a opportunity in a in a good car this year. So we'll see. But yeah, you know, a lot of it's hype. You know, a lot of it's. They want to see a woman driver, kind of Danica Patrick, although she's not going straight to the Cup Series. Or, or she didn't go straight to the Cup Series, no, Danica did. She's done. She went pretty I, quickly. It's not, neither here nor there, but she's at least gone up the ladder the right way. Yeah. I, I You know, part of it's not her fault, honestly. I think other people hype her up more than probably she should be. She probably should just be left alone and let just let her drive, you know? Well, yeah, but that's never – it's not going to yeah. happen right now. Maybe in because it, it kind of works against her because then like when she doesn't do well, people like don't like her because she's hyped. Yeah, but it's also like uh, it's like Jamie Chadwick in F one. She's won the mm-hmm. the W series or whatever, and now she's a Williams Reserve driver, and she's like super hyped. But I mean, as far as it goes, we haven't seen her in an F one car. You know, it's it's. I don't know if it was her, but there was somebody big in the W series or whatever that just said screw it went to Indy Lights. Yeah, I mean, I think I think uh, Sophia Sophia Loresh, I think is her name. Some, I think that it might be her. I don't know, because those are the two big names that I know of that were in like that. I think they, whoever it was, I forgot who she was, but you know, I kind of realized like I'm not going F1, so I might as well just go for IndyCar. Yeah, are there any other? I can't think of any other like big driver changes. That was it, I think. Kyle Busch. Yeah. Um, Jimmy Johnson. Jimmy Johnson. I think everybody else kind of kind of stayed where they are. Xfinity that moved up. Gregson. Yeah, yeah. Gregson. Uh, 
Travis Pastrana announced that he's going to race the Daytona 500. Oh, yeah, that's going to be real exciting. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, did y'all see that Brad Keselowski scheme that he had for testing? The Kim Block scheme? Oh, no, that's not for testing. I think that's where he's gonna what he's going to run at Phoenix. No, he's, it was testing at Phoenix last week. Oh, that's what it was for. It was, well, I read a scheme for Phoenix. Now, I hope he does run it because I think that's a beautiful a scheme on that car. Yeah, it was And I'm not car. even a Brad Keselowski fan. But, like, that's a car, like, I'd want to buy, like, a model of. Yeah. Because of how good that car looks. You're not a big a fan of Big Bad Brad? No, I've never liked Brad Keselowski. <laughs> Brad. I got a couple of driver changes we could talk about. Okay, who you got? I just looked it up. Because I can't remember. So, the, the big one we all kind of forgot about, which was the big controversy, was Tyler Reddick leaving for 2311. Oh, that's right. He is going to 2311. And remember, and a year he, early. He had the contract for RCR. To race like this year, and he was going to go the year after. And Richard Childress was so pissed and was like, "Oh, we're going to keep him on. We're going to race this year. Let me tell you what." And then, uh, you know, sign Kyle Bush. Kyle Bush and- <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so, never mind. Yeah, because so and then and then it kind of worked out for twenty three eleven that Kurt Busch is kind of out. So they you know they just slid him into that forty five car. Yeah, I was. Yeah, who else? Uh, the other one. I believe talking about Noah Gragson. So the other, I don't know if this is that big, but like college racing is kind of coming up and might be kind of the next track house, I think, because they've done really well in the Xfinity yeah, series. They're going, which last year they ran a few yeah. cup races, but this year they're going full time, right? With uh, so Almondinger is full time. Yeah. And yeah, they had somebody last year um, full time. They had two cars. They had one that was full time and they had one that was part time. Can't remember who the full time driver was, but I think yeah, they ran Almond- several people. I don't think it was one consistent driver. That might have been it, yeah. And then I think other than that, that's about it. But yeah, the Tyler Reddick thing was kind of a big deal because that was going to be a really awkward situation where like Richard Childers was so pissed about it, but they were going to race this whole season with them anyways. <laughs> yeah. So as far but, as the upcoming season, uh. So the, the few special races, they're adding Chicago Street Course. They're adding North Wilkesboro. Pretty much, I, I did hear today that they're trying to get the IndyCar, or not IndyCar, the Indianapolis Oval back on the schedule. Um, I don't know how that's not possible when they run. Yeah, they run the road anyways, course. And it's basically running the Oval. Yeah, I don't know what the deal is. I don't know what their contract is, but. Well, the deal, that it was just about. People thought the race was boring. NASCAR road courses have been kind of crazy and wild, so they. I like the road course. I mean, I think they should do both. Like, I think they should race the oval. That I mean, I, mean, I think with the new cars, it might be better. It had gotten boring, but like, you know, the new cars kind of made the intermediate tracks better. Yeah, and they hurt the short tracks, so I don't know. Maybe it'll help Indianapolis. Maybe, and then they did it. Kyle Busch, not Kyle Busch. Kyle Larson did announce that. He's going to run the Indy 500, not this May, but next May. So I'm very excited. He's going to run the double. I'm excited to watch that. Yeah, me too. Yeah, I hope he gets enough uh, practice and testing to be good because that's going to be tough. But Yeah, that's the thing because, like, uh, Fernando Alonso, remember, was it right when he, before he got back in F1, he just, like, went and just tried to jump right back in the Indy car, like, no practice, no testing, and didn't even make the race. 
He was a little cocky with it. Yeah, like I don't want to see that. I want Larson to have enough time to really dial it in and get into the race. That's why he's doing it next year, which is a good idea. Yeah. It's the McLaren, right? It's a McLaren car that's sponsored by Hendrick. Yeah. That's cool. But uh, just super early, no factors. What's your prediction? Who's who's gonna be champion at the end of this season? That's hard to tell. That's what I'm saying. There's no no prerequisites. Yeah, I mean, it could go either way. I mean, it's it, it turned out to be pretty interesting towards the end of the year last year. I mean, some of some of them that we thought I thought that was going you know, Larson. I mean, missed out on that. What was it? The deal with the Briscoe in the, at the yeah. Oval. Yeah. Know, it, they blocked him, and it cost him. He had like a technical issue, and then they, yeah, it was. Well, kind he was of weird. like he was like two laps down, and then if Briscoe finished certain position or whatever, it would knock him out. Yeah, and then oh, it was Custer was like started hard blocking people for Briscoe. Is what it was, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Briscoe. They said he threw on the brakes and like blocked, and Briscoe was able to get by. Yeah, yeah. But I don't know. I think you're gonna see Briscoe get even better this year. I think so. Uh, he had because he won Phoenix last year. He had a chance at the Bristol Dirt Race. Yeah, but he threw it in there way too hard and, and spun. But I, I mean, I think at short tracks, I think at road courses, he's really good. I think you're going to see him come up. Uh, apparently, we have some kind of. I bet you medical service. <laughs> yeah, I bet you that. Uh... All right. I bet you that Hendrick's cars kind of have a fall off this season. I don't think they're going to be as dominant as they have been. Uh, I mean, maybe. There's no nothing to support that, but it's it's possible. I well, think I think you're going to see. I don't know. We'll see what happens. Harvick's going to win it all. <laughs> He's got to do something. It's his last season. He's going to race. He's going to race two SRX races this season. If I had to choose, I think it's going to be my man. It's uh, too wild for iRacing. Kyle Larson. <laughs> hey, I, I could get behind that. Actually, I'm going to pick him to win Daytona this year, to be honest. He's the best driver out there. He missed the championship for basically by bad luck. Yeah. Um, and I just... That's who the money would be on. <laughs> yeah. And Chase Elliott would be a close second. He was the best last year. Uh, it's just kind of it's the way they do the championship. It's whoever just happens to have a good day at Phoenix, which is kind of I hate. You know, yeah. like, like, like last year was Chase Elliott's year, and he didn't win. But, like, the year he did win was Harvick's year. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I, I don't know. I, I kind of hate that uh, for racing. I don't think. I don't think it makes sense to have a championship race in, in, in car racing, but it is what it is. But if I had to pick somebody, I'd pick Kyle Larson. Yeah, I think it's a good bet. Him or Elliott yeah. is really my my picks. Well, I think we could probably go a little longer, but I think we all probably need to wrap it up maybe and pick up here in another week or two and talk then. Yeah, uh, do a little clash recap. Yeah, review. yeah, I'm sure we're all going to get together and all we're going to be chatting about uh, Daytona, the Clash, and all that. So, hey, it'll give us something more to talk about. But I'm ready. 
Yeah. I've been waiting for it. I'm excited. Yeah, I'm excited for this upcoming season. Me too. Me too. Well, another one for the books. Although it took us three times to get it, but we got it. <laughs> so, hit it. Do you know how bad I got criticized? Tiger. Tiger. I can't sit here.